I'm Sonia Morton Firth and you're tuned in to the Sonia Morton Firth Show. 2020 has been an unimaginable year on all fronts. The worldwide pandemic has had a significant effect on all of us in one way or another. That hasn't stopped my inspiring guests bringing value to people's lives through their extraordinary stories. This week, I wanted to give you the very best bits of 2020 so far. There's a wealth of advice, support and positivity for a more fulfilled life in these clips alone. Please hit subscribe to hear more from my inspiring guests and get full access to all of the interviews. I'm not a universal soldier. I've got feelings, I've got emotions and therefore I should speak about them. And it's, I, I encourage to do that because it's not being weak to go and talk about mm. some of the events that you've witnessed because you know, they're foreign events, they're, they're not what we do day to day. So it's okay to speak about that. Mm. And actually you feel good and um, it's a release to do so. So we encourage speaking about our, our mental capabilities because we're all well and good talking about how we look physically but no one really fancies talking about how we look well, yeah. and mentally. This, this and is the most, this is a powerful tool. They go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's very important to do that. And it's, for me, a lesson is I should have acknowledged that sooner rather than later because I did cause you know, a bit of turbulence going through my own kind of mental demand and my mental battle. Um, and just believe in yourself. And, and for me, it was staying true to my values and, and, and who I was. And my dad always said, just stay true to yourself and your values and you'll get through this real turbulent time. And it's just kind of trying to stay focused, have good people around you and keep bounding forward. I think it's just every day just trying to create happiness. I think that's the most important thing. You know, sadly, we saw you know, the weekend just gone, you know, Caroline Flack sadly took yeah, her life, you know. Um, and I think we live in a world where, you know, there's always a lot of criticism and people want to jump to put things down. And a big thing for me growing up has always just been to like live every day like it's your last um, I lost my nan four years ago and she was relatively young still um, and that just kind of taught me the lesson even more of like generating happiness that's always been the aim um, you know so if I'd never made it to the Premier League you know I would have been a bit gutted but the bigger aim has always been happiness and I'm a big believer that everyone should have the same goal in life everyone's number one priority and goal in life should be to create happiness wake up every day love what you do generate happiness for your friends your family and share it that should be everyone's goal in life um, so for me, that's, that's always what it's been. I got asked a question a little while ago in the summer, um, and it was about how do you deal with, you know, knockbacks and, and it yeah, was, low points, yeah, yeah, those low points. And you know. It was really interesting because the question that was posed was where were you five years ago? And it was quite ironic that five years ago, I was just signing my first Premier League contract to present it. Um, and then five years down the line, I'd just been told my contract wasn't getting renewed. And they were like, well, you know, how do you deal with that? And I was like, well, the bigger picture is happiness every day. You know, I've been blessed and had this amazing five years worth of experience. Mm, yeah. I could deal with it negatively and moan, or I've been dropped or didn't get a good enough explanation of why I haven't got it and be angry about it or go, well, OK, look, I've had been blessed with an amazing opportunity. How do I now open the next door? And for me, it's all, all because the main goal is happiness. And I think that's the important thing, you know. As I just said about in 2020, there's so many options that there's so many other things to do. It's easy to make money. Like if I had to, I'd go work in a pub tomorrow to generate income. Like it's generating money in 2020. You know, there's always a way. Um, you know, sometimes you have to take the sacrifice and do something that maybe you don't want to do, but you can do it. So I think for me, that happiness thing is what keeps me going whenever there's a knockback, just generating happiness. And do you ever have a low point? Oh, all the time. We all do, right? Yeah. You know, um, we all get knockbacks and we all kind of get moments where you have to go, geez. 
And do you think part of being in the, the press and the media, mm. uh, obviously you, you're, you're, um, uh, you interview and you, you present yeah. uh, sports, and we just talked about um, uh, Caroline, but do you think there's, um, there's a lot of pressure in that mm. environment? Course uh, yeah. That can bring people to obviously to, you know to the point of, yeah. of taking your own life. Yeah, social uh, media is an amazingly powerful tool, but it's also an incredibly dangerous tool. I love yeah. I love the fact that you actually said it was a tool. Yeah, because I think a lot of people don't see it as a tool, do they? Yeah, it's people almost... think it's their life. And look, don't get me wrong, you can make a career on Instagram, you can make a career on Twitter, and I, and I think that's great. You know, fair play. Um, but for me, I, I only use social media for my work. I never, I don't use social media for my personal life. Um, I use it as a tool to promote what I do and kind of share positive energy and, and try and inspire people. Um, I think the big problem is, is with Twitter especially, you are given a voice which then becomes very loud. So you may have never met someone in your life before, but someone could watch this show right now and turn around and go, who the hell's this idiot? He hasn't got a clue what he's talking about. Um, could turn around and say, who's this presenter? They're absolutely awful. Mm. Um, that's someone's opinion. And before you would maybe just say it to your mate down the pub or when you're having a kickabout or down the gym or, or you know, with your friends. But now you can put it out there into the world, which then generates traction and people can directly see it. So all of a sudden it's not just someone watching on television in their front lounge going, oh, I'm not a fan of them. Now they go on social media and put it. And all of a sudden that person who's presenting can see that. And I think a lot of people lose sight of actually, how would you feel if someone came into your office right now and said, you're the worst person I've ever seen in accounts? One of the things that they then asked you was, how, how, how's your pain, your physical pain from naught to whatever? And there's guys in the room with bad backs and all kinds of stuff going on. And they, or everyone recorded as much higher. And that was to teach you that when you're in emotional pain, your physical pain is perceived to be much higher as well. Mm. So it might be you're really moaning about your, your knee or your leg or whatever it is. Actually, there might be more going on there and, yeah. and you need to not stop, but like do something to be really kind to yourself. So if I know if I'm not firing correctly, the first thing I do is communicate. Okay, stop, talk. Yeah. Okay, so, so tell Louise, mm. I'm, not, I'm not firing on all cylinders. My brain's completely gone here. I am going to struggle. Uh, what do we do? Okay, cancel that meeting, da da da, book in a massage go for a swim, do whatever you can. Now COVID, I find myself up to my neck in the river <laughs> in a quiet spot surrounded by cows. <laughs> just, <laughs> Probably the best place just, to be, just, to be honest. Well, I'm sure just, it was. You know, finding, finding a way to kind of to chill and scale back. I might just spend the night down here next to the campfire in my little safe space. Yeah. Whatever it is, I'll, I'll, or I might pick up something and start carving, another carving project. I'll implement the outdoor skill set, the natural time-tested processes, you know, well-known cold water works. There's, there's hundreds of people out there on the internet right now. You've got Wim Hof, who's like... Bin Hof. Or, or Bin Hof, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's He's, doing yeah, that Yeah, they're stuff. all doing the Wim Hof stuff. Okay, so, so yeah, well, I've got the river. Yeah. So it doesn't get right, any better so than that. It doesn't get any better. Um, so it's all these kind of things, and it's just working out what works for you mm. and, and, and tuning, tuning that in and making it work for you. A lot of people say, well, I live in a city and there's no possible way that I could do any of that kind of... And I... I implore people to think of ways, think outside the box to, 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 to introduce a bit of nature. Yeah. yeah, you know, go to Richmond Park. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I live on the, in a beautiful part deer of London. in Richmond Park. <sighs> Amazing. I was in a, had a walk yesterday and there's baby deer there now. Oh, so you have these encounters, don't you? And it just makes you think, actually, everything that's going on outside in the real, in the big wide world, yep. 
the only thing that actually really matters is this moment you're in right now, the present moment. Completely. And if you can focus on that, I think, and being grateful, yep. actually. Yep, yep. And thinking about now. all the all the positives yeah. rather than focusing on it. We make more of whatever we've got. Okay, whatever we're thinking about, we choose to focus on, we'll make more of. Have you heard that classic, classic story about the young uh, native Indian brave who speaks to his grandfather and he says there's a, there's, a, there's a war going on inside my mind between two wolves no please tell no 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 says, but it I, sounds an interesting one and, and, gra and grandfather yeah. i don't know which one will win and the grandfather says it's simple it's whichever one you feed <laughs> whichever one you choose to feed of course is going to survive and is going to thrive it's going to thrive and it's as simple as that i actually just listened to your morning routine um which i think is lovely and everyone yeah. Well, some people don't have a morning routine, yeah. but I'm a, I'm a firm believer actually in yeah. having some sort of routine when you get out of bed. Mm. Are there any tips and advice that are yeah. your secrets that you could share? Um, well, the first thing that I see time and time again with individuals is that they know they want something to be different. But when you say, you know, so for example, they will say, I just never have any time, you know, of my, of my own to pursue my, my new career or even look at it. And you, and you say, well, what would you really love to do? They start to tell you and you say, okay, so how would you like your day to be? And they go, oh, um, you know, well, I suppose I'd like to work from 8 till 12. Okay, so let's write that down. So I think one of the tips uh, uh, is to document exactly how you want your life to be. It's amazing how people don't do that. That's the first thing. Set yourself a target. And this is not lofty goals. This is how would I like my, my ideal day to be? Well, I would like to get up at this time, eat that work then, you know, see these people, read a book or whatever it is, document that. Document that, put it in a book so it's part of a vision. Look at that every single day. Okay, so now you're very clear and you start to focus on what you really want. You've now articulated it. That's the first tip that so many people don't do. Now, the second thing is to uh, have some consistency in your life, you know, to do little things every single day and to start to string those together so they become habits. Um, again, people sort of don't just give, just don't give it long enough. And I was exactly like that with regard to my fitness. You know, when I very first got introduced to the weightlifting thing, three or so months, and I just, I thought, you know, look, I'm going to do a bit of this, but I'm not going to do all of that because, you know, it seems far too much of a fad. Well, I thought I knew better. Quickly. Yeah, I, you know, I, well, I, I don't need to diet. Yeah, I don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, but really, once I actually got my head around what needed to be done, I thought, do you know what? I'm going to really give this a go now and I'm going to be consistent. I got the result. And this happens, has happened so many times throughout my life and others as well. Consistency in the end is key. You do everything, whether it's you're going to do a daily email, whether it's going to be your, a daily podcast, you know, a weekly podcast as you're doing, whatever it is, consistency. I left the building. It was the Renaissance in Manchester, I think it was. I left there with no UPW ticket um, and then <clears throat> this way it gets emotional because it's where my life changed um, so I'm, I've basically jumped in my old crappy D-Reg Peugeot uh, driving down the road um, best mate phones me um, he says what are you up to speaking I said well I've been to this but I can't afford this stick it on my credit card so then so I've pretty much handbraked in the middle of the road turned around and gone back to the event paid for it with his credit card number because we phoned him when I got back and then, so that day, it was my best mate, Michael Twig, who I want to mention on here anyway, um, Alan Clenans and Tony Robbins that saved my life. 
Because I could have wow, left there and not spoke, and I could have gone and got more drugs. Well, actually, you, you saved your life. Yes, yeah. They yeah. helped. They With, facilitated they, they were that. The, yeah. yeah. So, they were your guides. Yeah. But, but you and saved it's just, your yeah. life. So, because I've had, I've had, I've had a suicide attempt before, and it was my brother who saved my life with a phone call. Um, well, when did you um, commit, try to commit I think it was about four years ago. I had a recurring dream about walking into Quicksand in um, Arnside or Ambleside in the Lake District. Yeah. I've seen this sign going to a 50th birthday, I think it was, with an XXX or where, whichever down the road it was. Um, and, um, and I've seen this sign and I had a big argument with a cousin when we were there. And then I've gone walking off. I've just walked off and then two hours later, people can't find me. And I've left my phone on a, on a chair at half 11 at night. I've started walking out into the sea, and I thought, this is me done. Started walking out, because I've, I've visioned this, I've dreamed it. And then all of a sudden, my phone rang, just, just in, in audible, you know, she'd just hear it. And it just clicked, clicked me out, and my brother phoned me randomly. Wow, Dave, yeah, Dave, yeah. yeah. He just like, I just feel like I'd phone you. I'm like, whoa. So yeah, he just saved my life. The spiritual trauma, the intellectual trauma, the business trauma, the financial trauma, the social trauma, the family trauma, and the physical trauma. So, and as, a, and as an example, I meet a lot of people that say, oh my God, these all people around me, all influencers and business owners, they have a life purpose and I don't. Mm. So people get traumatized because they cannot discover what they actually want to do, your mission. And, and I was in that yeah. actually um, a few years ago, up yeah. until I did the Demartini yeah. method, up until I did the breakthrough experience, yeah. I was... I, I was searching. I was like, what am I here for? What am I here for? And I could see all these people around me. I was very much into the personal growth that had discovered their life purpose and I was constantly seeking it. Uh, now I believe I found it and that was through the breakthrough. And what's, holding the, what's mostly holding back people to discovering their true purpose in life and neutralizing the spiritual trauma is the external opinions and voices of the authorities that are constantly talking in their mind and blocking their purpose. Yeah. What do you need to be? What do you should be? Uh, what the world is actually yeah. doing? Or your parents from your, parents, your past, yeah. uh, you know, they're, they're telling you, like your, your parents were telling you to be a dentist. It mm. was, uh, yeah, it's, it's black. It's black. Okay, so that's, um, so, so spiritual that's trauma. spiritual trauma. Yeah, this, and the, the seven, so that's six. <laughs> then there's a mental trauma. Mental trauma sometimes is created unintentionally, either by a school or university. I met so many people that said, oh my God, I'm going to finish the school or university and I'm ne ne never going to learn again. I'm never going to educate myself because I'm fucking tired of that thing. Yeah, yeah. And this is, I believe this is the worst thing that can happen to any individual because it's traumatized from a traditional study system. It's so boring. It's unengaged that they associate more negatives than positives I from a traditional... I hated my school days. Yeah, and I know. a lot of people do. Some people love them. Some... But I associate, I, yeah. I remember associating learning and school days with, yeah, I, I really didn't But like would it. you believe that someone could be successful without learning constantly? It's impossible. You constantly learn. You learn from your experiences. Yeah, now you learn I from love your learning. Wife, you I learn, learn all the marriage. time. I love it. You learn from your business yeah. experiences, whatever. Michelangelo, being 84 years old, he said, I'm still learning. It's impossible I to not. If you're not growing, you're dead, right? Yeah. So this is another trauma that I actually is created about in that, you know, in the context. And it's unintentional. I know that the systems that are created, they want the goodwill. They want to do the best, but it's not always happening mm -hmm. the best because they ignore the authentic individuals and who they are. Okay, so that's, we've done two. And mm -hmm. the third? The third is the business trauma or professional trauma, which is either a loss of business, bankruptcy, or a loss of career being fired. This is also traumatic because it limits you, you know? But it's interesting because I work in the United States and in Europe. So, for example, in Europe, the, 
uh, bankruptcy is perceived as something negative. Like, let's say, shame, guilt, resentment, and so yeah. on. is a lot of losses and so on. Mm. And people associate that with something negative. In the United States, I went, I said, I help, you know, um, let's say business owners to recover after traumatic bankruptcy experiences. They said, what traumatic experiences? It's normal to bankrupt, you know, in the United States because it's a part of evolution, it's a part of learning, and it's accepted normally as a normal thing. It's a learning path. So these two perception differences is just explaining a lot that, you know, in some parts of the world, culture says it's okay to learn through failures and some others as judgment. Culture, and the yeah. external judgment creates the traumatic experiences yeah. as well. So you're sitting here and talking, Andy, in, with amazing positivity about the army. Yeah, obviously we know what, what happened to you. And yet you've still got this, um, like you talk about it, like you absolutely love it. And I, and I could imagine maybe another person sitting here and going, oh my God, look what happened to me because of the army now. Uh, yeah, I think it's because you, because I have had the opportunity to go and do some amazing things. Mm -hmm. And I also knew what path I was possibly taking before I joined the army. These opportunities wouldn't have come available to me. I maybe could have ended up on the wrong side of the tracks, you know, going down that path and not live the life that, that I've had. And, you know, um, hand on heart for me, if you said to me tomorrow, Andy, can you have your legs back? Will you go back to the same life you had before? Yeah. Or stage you are now? 100% I'll stay there now. The people that they meet, the things that I'm doing, two young kids that can be home and put me in bed every night and read them a story. You know, like life's good. At, at the moment, you know, maybe years to come, PTSD might happen with me, or it's not happened so far. It Get hasn't, okay. busy and motivated and... But it may be put one day, might it? I don't know what's wrong, what's wrong with corner, but at the moment, life's amazing, and, and I'm just enjoying every day. And in three days of not being on my phone, my mother sat next to me, and we shared a very emotional moment, and she said, <clears throat> she said, she said, thank you. And I said, for what? And she said, this is the most time we... Mm ever spent together and uh, it gets me every time uh, it was just Did you tell her you love her all the time yeah. all the time I'm, I'm you know I'm in love with my mm. mother um, but it just it was just like you know awareness is the first step to change it was just this massive slap of awareness in the face that wow it took you to almost be killed Die, yeah. to realize how one little thing needed to shift for you to have a better relationship and better connection with your family. So then did the same when I spent some time with my brother in Thailand and put my phone away for the first time in many years. If I not, think so many people if, could learn from that. Yeah, and, and look, uh, I, would, know, I would say, we, we should I tell would our say family we love if you're around people, this is me for 10 years, mm. if you're around people and they don't like you on their phone, you know, you've got to set up boundaries and you've got work to do, blah, blah, blah. And, I would justify this. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying, you know, my way now is right. I'm just saying what I learned as a result. So that was the first thing. It was not slowing down and spending quality time, connection time with family. And that goes way beyond blood. The second thing was waiting to go all in on those things that you truly adore, love, desire. Because 
you can be very busy being busy and as a result telling yourself stories of why you need to keep doing what you need to do and putting off what you want to do. So don't get me wrong, I live a great life. I love being a coach, I love being a speaker, I love doing what I do in so many areas of my life. But there's certain things that I knew I needed to do that actually were the things I wanted to do, like my third regret. So that was delaying, yes, yeah. right? Not taking immediate action on the things that my, my heart most desires. And that brings me to my third regret, which is I have influenced and inspired in 16 countries. I've spoken in 16 countries. Some countries multiple times. I have a large, not a massive, but a large following on social media. And I do a lot of work coaching people in London and Europe. But the place that most matters to me and will always matter to me most is my home. South Africa. South Africa. I had a vision bigger than being a personal trainer. I don't think people give themselves permission enough to be more. Having just released the book, which we'll talk about, and having released the podcast and teaching people. Before that, there was like a local impact that I wanted to make. And then a national impact. And now a worldwide impact. And it was all about being more, doing more. Can I be more? Can I do more? Can I learn more? And for every single coach that I ever come in touch with, I say to them, are you undervaluing yourself? And are you living your best life and giving yourself the best opportunity to be more? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm doing all right right now. I'm doing all right. I say, all right is done. Enough is done. We all need challenge. Every single day of our lives, I believe that we need challenge. We need something to work towards. But do I really need a big vision? I said, do you really want to do the same every day? I said to personal trainers so often, being a personal trainer is actually boring. And they look at me and they go, what? I said, it's boring. That's quite something, being a personal trainer. It's boring. Because if you train the same people every day, six hours a day, the clients don't make much progress, you see the same people every single week. It's like being an accountant or a corporate or a lawyer doing the same thing every day without any challenge, without any growth, without any extra income, without going on holidays, without doing more, without being more. Every job that anyone does on the whole planet is boring unless there's new challenge. So I always say to personal trainers, your life is boring because there's no challenge to it. So my advice to every trainer is it doesn't matter whether or not your what you're doing right now, you need a challenge. You need something bigger and bolder and brighter and better. And that's what I just kept saying to myself. Hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, there's a new interview out every Monday. So hit subscribe and like, and you'll get it straight into your inbox.